Welcome back to another episode of Seeing Life from a Different Angle. I am your host, for want of a better way to put it, um, Dr. Daryl Spitalier. And I want to again thank my nephew, Alec, for that introduction song and the exit song. It's wonderful to have him contribute so much, and I really appreciate it. It's a beautiful piece of music. Um, I thought today that I would kind of explore something that I imagine for some will be frustrating, for some will be aggravating, um, but I think it's something worthwhile to talk about. And it's it goes on the heels of what I talked about last week, which you know was about forgiveness and the struggle we have with forgiveness. And interestingly enough, I noticed today that there have been very few listens to that podcast. And I thought, what a fascinating thing, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, why is it that we tend to want to avoid listening to or talking about it really? You know, but we'll put that aside for now. And I think I'd rather talk about today something that kind of dovetails with that, which is, you know, how do we deal with our fellow man? I have talked before about the concept that C.S. Lewis had about living a moral life. And recently I had this conversation with my brother John and we were talking about the Ukraine-Russian situation. And I had said to him as we were finishing the conversation and he was heading off to do other things, you know, I had said to him that, you know, hopefully in our prayers we can pray not just for the Ukrainians but pray for the Russians as well. Because in truth, Let's be honest, I mean, they're run by a tyrant, and that tyrant is someone that would have no complication or compunction, I think, of putting to death or putting away in some form or another individuals in his regime, you know, private citizens, if they can be called that, you know, putting them away and saying, okay, well, you know, your life is over, your property is seized, whatever the case might be, whatever you might do all the way to the point of death, you know, because they might express an opinion that runs counter to his. And so what do they do if they're going to survive under any circumstance? They pretty much have to do whatever it is they're told to do. And I believe that that is true for the Russian soldiers as well. There may be some who are sadly pathological to a great degree to the point of being sociopaths where they have a certain lust for blood. But one way or another, as I said to John, I said, you know, we should pray for them as well. And John's response was, you know, you are a better person than I am. You know, I wish I had your optimism. And I thought about it for a while, and I thought, you know, I I don't really consider myself an optimist throughout most of my life. I would probably say that in regard to human beings, I have been closer to a pessimist than an optimist. And even though doing the work I have done for all these years, one would think, okay, well, here's an optimistic opportunity. You know, someone who can see the better in mankind and hopefully things will be better and he'll encourage them to be better and help them get better. And none of that is untrue. But at the same time, I think at a very personal level, there's always kind of been this nagging, frustrated part of me about mankind and how we function and how we relate to each other. So when John said, you know, you know, I wish I was as optimistic as you, I really did take that to heart and consider that a great deal and really thought, you know, am I an optimist? 
And about an hour later, I wrote back to him and I said, it's not optimism. It is Christianity. You know, and I think that is the key is that I'm operating as an individual who seeks to be more Christ-like. And I know that for some listeners who are either atheists or not Christians, you know, that that may be the moment when they click off the podcast and say, okay, never, ever again. And that's okay, you know, because I think it's more important to speak the truth as I see the truth and, you know, do it from the angle that I do it from. You know, that's part of this podcast. That was part of the whole point of this podcast is really to try to approach life from a different angle, to see things differently than they've always been seen. You know, we we see life from such a narrow scope, that myopic reality that allows us to see maybe 10% of all the world that really does exist. And we assume, for the sake of psychological comfort, which leads to a sake of physical comfort as well, that that is reality and that's the way things really are, but it's not. And it is really, as I would say, only 10 degrees out of a circle. You know, and anyone who's ever studied geometry, and I have and could not stand it, trust me, but, you know, we know that a circle is 360 degrees. And so the thing to, to consider is if we are only seeing things from a 10 degree angle, then we are missing 350 degrees. And what does that do to us? You know, how does that narrow the scope of life? You know, I'm, I'm not saying that John is wrong that his opinions are wrong about certain things in regards to Russia or Ukraine, not at all. I'm not saying that he's wrong in saying, you know, I don't know how it is that someone would pray for the soldiers who were marching into Ukraine and some of them, you know, just killing willy-nilly and some not. I'm not saying that he's wrong about any of those things. All I can say is I have come to believe that in seeing life from a broader, different angle, even adding 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 degrees, if we're blessed enough to do so, allows us to really change and challenge how it is we see things. It's not our natural inclination to say, I forgive you for what it is you do. And that's part of the reason why it is I found the fact that very few people listened to my podcast last week, not only disappointing to some degree, but also confirming, I think, that we do struggle with the idea of trying to see life from a different angle. But it doesn't stop me from feeling like this is an important task. You know, one of my father's friends had said when, when she had listened to the podcast that you could tell that I was a healer. Now, I won't claim to be a healer, but I do claim to hope that the words I say will have some influence on somebody. You know, we're heard throughout the world now. and. Granted, the audience isn't gigantic yet. It may never be. But one way or another, there are people that are listening who may be in some ways changed by what it is that we talk about, changed by the idea that, you know, you can look at life from a different perspective than the perspective we were all raised in. And if that's the case, then, you know, when we consider it from a Christian perspective, when we consider whether or not we should pray for those people who do the greatest harm to us or do great harm in this world. You know, I mean, I think it's important to consider 
what C.S. Lewis talked about. So let me go back to that for a moment. If you'll remember in our previous podcast, one of the things that Lewis had compared our moral life to is a convoy of ships. And in this convoy, we must obey certain rules. And these three rules, basically, are the three moral realms of our life. The first rule seems to be the one that is oftentimes considered to be the moral guideline that most people live by. It is the end-all and be-all for many people about their moral guidelines. And that is that I will not do harm or seek not to do harm intentionally to other people. And that's well and good. Of course, we shouldn't harm anyone else. You know, but when we think about the convoy idea, the idea is this, is that I'm not going to take my ship and crash into your ship, or I'm not going to take my truck and crash into your truck, or whatever way the convoy is moving. At the same time, we also have to remember the second realm and the second rule, which is I also have to make sure that my ship is ship shape. I have to make sure that I am doing what it is that ultimately is healthy for me. Now, let me stop there for a second and address the question, is that selfishness? Yes, it is selfish, but it is a selfishness that is a healthy one. It's not a selfishness that says, I'm going to take whatever it is I want at the expense of others. It's a selfishness that says, I know that I need things in my life. I know that I need love or comfort or support or gratification. I know I need these things, the things that I was born to need. And yet at the same time, I'm not going to do anything that's going to rob another of these same things. And so to live in a way that is ship shape means that I have to be attentive to the fact that I do have ego needs, that I do have physical needs, that I do have things that are required in order for me to function well. It doesn't mean that every need that we have we're gratifying in a healthy way. So don't get me wrong. That's where the ship shape part comes in. I need to get these needs gratified in ways that are healthy. The more unhealthy, the more pathological the gratification of these needs becomes, the more inclined I am to do harm to other people, to get them to give me what it is I need, and that doesn't and that basically leads them to be in some anguish or some pain or some loss. And so in order to live a healthy moral life, we have to have these two pieces working hand in hand, that I will not do harm to others and I will work toward making sure that I am ship-shaped psychologically, physically as well, so that I can engage with others and not do harm to them. And the third part is for us to be able to recognize that we are all a part of one family. And this is where Christianity comes in. Now, I won't deny that other religions will address this too, and they will say, you know, that we are all a part of the body of God. I think in this case, what I'm referring to is the idea that we are all brothers. We are all sisters. We're all part of the one body of Christ. And I think what makes us different is Christ's relationship to the children of God. You know, that he is our brother as well as our father. It is a unique and fascinating thing about the Trinity and the belief that God and the Son and the Holy Spirit all exist and have always existed. They are begotten, not made. We are made by God, but Christ was not made by God. The Holy Spirit was not made by God. 
And so when we think about it, though, and we look, stepping back to C.S. Lewis again, I don't want to go too far afield, but stepping back to C.S. Lewis and thinking about what it is he was talking about, you know, when we're going to relate to other people, we also have to be able to say, you know, I am see these other individuals in my life as a part of the same family. You know, that we recognize that they are a part of who we are too. In a way, and this is a, you know, probably a gross metaphor, and gross by that I mean not disgusting, but when we think about it, you take a slice of bread out of a loaf of bread and you put that slice aside. You know, is that slice any less a part of that bread? No. It was a part of that bread. It will always be a part of that bread. And so when we think about how, you know, we relate to each other, we are like these slices of bread, even if we're the butts of the bread, which I happen to love, by the way. So, you know, if, even if we're the butts of the bread, we are a part of that bread. And these Russian soldiers, for instance, are a part of the body of Christ as much as I'm a part of the body of the Christ, as much as you are, as much as any Ukrainian might be, you know. It is the sad and disturbing piece of mankind's relationship to each other that we fail to recognize that. We stop seeing it. You know, we, we find someone that we can prosecute and persecute and treat poorly because they're different than us. No, not just because they're different than us, because they're not any different than us. Their, skull, their skin color may be different. Their religious beliefs may be different, but they are no different. They are all a part of the same body. They're all a part of that same loaf of bread, the same wheat and flour and eggs and water that went into making this bread. They're all a part of the same piece of bread. What makes it sad and what makes it unhealthy is that we fail to recognize in a moral sort of way that what we're doing to other human beings, we don't live by this moral code. As I said last week, you know, when we think about New England or New York City, Boston is a great example of this. There is, you look at people driving and there's just a lack of morality. And I know it may not seem like a big thing, but think about it. You know, you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of cars on the road, for instance. You've got people crossing the streets. You have people walking down the sidewalks. No one, or very few, because generalization is for the lazy, very few people are really attentive to another human being. They're very inattentive to what's going on with other people. They're focused not on themselves in a healthy way. They're focused on what do I need to do to get where it is I need to go with the least amount of interruptions in my life so that I can get what it is I need, what it is I'm demanding, even if it means somebody else suffers as a consequence. They don't think about the fact that driving 80 miles an hour down the highway may have adverse effects upon somebody else. They don't. They don't think about these things. And so when you think about it, they're not focusing on what effect they're having on other people. They're seeking to get their needs met in unhealthy ways, which means they're not ship shape and they don't see the other piece because I don't think you can see the third piece, that third realm, that third rule of morality, which is that we are all a part of the same body. If you do not allow yourself to see the other two, if I do not, allow myself to recognize that I need to focus on what it is that is healthy for me, get my needs met in healthy 
and minimally pathological ways as possible. If I don't see that, and therefore I don't live by engaging with other people in healthy ways, in other words, I do harm to them, then I can never imagine myself even considering the idea of seeing that we are all a part of the body of Christ. And I think it's one of those things that leads us in many ways toward the ideas of atheism or even toward agnosticism, because I think we become so very much focused on what do I need to do to survive? What do I need to do just to live? That we stop focusing on doing the moral things, you know, recognizing we, we could live a much healthier, more satisfying, more gratifying life if we would only look to get our needs met in healthy, undistorted, nurturing ways that lie at the core of who we are. It goes back to the idea of seeing life from a different angle. You know, if I, as I increase the angles of life, as I increase my vision, uh, you know, if I, as I increase my ability to understand other people by seeing what it is they might be doing in ways that I've never seen before, if I challenge these things, then I'm offering myself, affording myself an opportunity to seek out gratification in increasingly healthy ways. And so if I'm doing that, then what I'm doing is I'm allowing myself as well to see that I am shipshape and at the same time to see that I don't, I'm not and will not do harm to other people. You know, so I'm allowing myself to follow those two basic rules so important in our moral relationship to other people. And that allows me then to really recognize when I stop and look at it long enough that there is a God, that we are a part of this body of God, you know, and that is key for our human relationships with each other. So when I say to John, you know, or said to John, you know, I'm going to pray for these Russians as well, because I don't think that they're out there because they're wanting to do what it is they're having to do. They're doing what it is they have to do in order to survive. You know, there are plenty of wars and plenty of experiences that we all know about where people will not want to fight, you know. But in a circumstance when you are ruled by someone who tells you what to do, you know, which I sadly fear we're getting dangerously close to in this world, in this country as well. But when we are told what it is we have to do, we're not free to say no. And when we're not free to say no, we're going to do what it is we have to do in order to survive, even if it means we don't live by a moral code. But that doesn't mean that I stop praying for those individuals. As a part of the body of Christ, a part of the body of God, it is my joy. It is my benefit. It is my opportunity. It is my generosity that seeks to give to these others what it is that they may not be getting at this particular point in time. And so I hope for those who are listening, or who still are listening after all of this, that you will take the time to think about and pray for all the people infected by this circumstance, all the people infected by it, all the people affected by it, you know, that you may stop long enough to pray for the Ukrainians as well as for the Russians, the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian soldiers, the Russians, Russian soldiers and the Russians themselves. You know, I believe, and I've said as much before, that there is no one who is even beyond redemption so I think there's nothing wrong with even praying for Putin. 
you know, praying that he will be guided by his morals, you know, true morality and not pathology, because they really do run opposite of each other. The more pathological we are, the less possibility exists for us to live a moral life. And we find ourselves in the depths of darkness. And so I would ask and encourage for everyone who is listening, please take the time after this podcast is over or any moment, you know, and pray for everyone involved here, you know, anyone and everyone involved. It is so much easier for us to say, these are the good people and these are the bad people. And if I'm a Christian, I'll pray for the good and I won't pray for the bad. I'm not going to curse them, but I won't pray for them. But remember, please, that each individual that you see is a part of the body of God. And it benefits all of us in the long run. It benefits all of us to live a moral life, to live and find what it is that is healthy for us psychologically, physically, but not at the expense of others. You know, to find that others are people we want to take care of and not do harm to, not just not just not do harm to, but to be generous toward, to be caring toward. The beggar that is on the street or the person that you know who's struggling with psychological issues or painful relationship issues, whatever the case might be, don't just say, I'm not going to hurt them. Offer yourself the opportunity to say, I'm going to love them. And the Russian soldiers deserve our love and our prayers as much as the Ukrainian soldiers. So with that said, I hope that in hearing these words, that you will consider that, that we have this opportunity to live a much healthier, more nourishing life where we can be there for others. We can let them be there for us. And I wish you all the best.